Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and we are back as we are every week. And, of course, we have the NFL Combine coming up, really beginning in earnest midweek. Uh, things kind of kicking off on Tuesday and then really ramping up on Wednesday. That's when the NFL Network will be airing things. Uh, and then over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, you'll get all the skill position guys on the field, so the running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. There's a lot of things to get to at the Combine, some of the most important stuff, some of the more comical stuff, and some of the stuff that's behind the scenes uh, that, that is really what shapes the NFL going forward. Um, and so I will be at the Combine. I'm, I'm heading out to Indianapolis on Tuesday morning, and I'll come back Sunday afternoon, and uh, we'll go in-depth next week. Uh, we get, get back and, and uh, dive into it from there. But for now... We are uh, approaching the February, which is a beautiful thing, since it's six degrees and just snowing constantly in Chicago. Oh, yeah. um, and, and Hill, uh, your thoughts uh, on, on anything ranging from combine to crappy weather? Uh, well, the combine, I'm just excited to see if somebody's going to run faster than uh, Ross. Ross, Ross yeah, the other, John yeah, Ross. That's right, John Ross. Didn't he hurt himself right after that, too? Yeah, I think he did. I don't know if And he's counts. never been healthy since. He's not. Now he's a cornerback. Doesn't even play his position anymore. Yeah, so, count. ran so fast, he ran right out of his position. Uh, look, everybody's going to be talking about the quarterbacks at the Combine. Let's be real. And I want to know if anything happens at the Combine that's going to make me excited about Kyler Murray or about Dwayne Haskins or about Drew Locke or about any of these guys. Uh, I think we were talking about it in the office earlier, and I think Jason Cole said it. He's like, this, is, this has a feel of like the E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith draft, where that came right after, didn't that come right after a kind of a big quarterback class? Wasn't that after the Luck uh, RG3 draft right around there? I, I'd have to look. I could tell you that that draft class with Manuel and whatnot was not good. No, and you got, you, you're reaching for quarterbacks. And Manuel was a reach at what, 16, 16. 17, whatever yeah, the, the Bills took him at? And now we're talking about the Jaguars trading up to get Kyler Murray. Like, good Lord. No, thank well, you for that. So I, I need something to get excited about these quarterbacks because I'm not. It feels like it's a hangover from Baker was so good last year. Darnold was good, even though the Jets weren't really that great. Rosen's got potential. Josh Allen outperformed expectations. Um, not yet in an accurate bust. Inaccurate, but not a bust yet. But now we're halfway into this, home on that day. Halfway home on it. But now we're into this, this, this second year where everybody now wants, oh, Kyler Murray has to be Baker and Dwayne Haskins has to be X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't feel like it's going to be that way. No, look, and I, I think this is a good place to start with these quarterbacks. Look, my column that I hope you read, uh, Stack in the Box, the written version, went out on Monday morning as it does every Monday on fansided.com. Um, and 
I led with, look, Kyler Murray is going to be the talk of the town in Indianapolis all week long. Okay? Everybody's curious about, does he throw, does he run, and what is his measurable in terms of height? I mean, how, you know, is he, is he 5'10", is he 5'11", is he 5'8"? Um, I spoke over the weekend to a couple of general managers, and as I wrote in the column, there was a lot of disagreement on whether it matters if he runs, whether it matters if he throws, how they would interview him. I, I mean, it basically came off very much as, hey, they each their own. I mean, however you want to approach this. The thought was, if he doesn't throw or run, one general manager told me, not that big of a deal because if you're interested in the kid, you're going to get him in a private interview, yeah. a private visit, and a private workout down the road, and you could have him throw 300 passes. So you're going to get to see him then, probably at the pro day as well for Oklahoma. Now, on the flip side of that, the, the GM opposite of that said, look, it, it, he's a great athlete. Like, why not? If you're confident in your abilities, let's see it. So that's all fine and well. The one thing, though, that they agreed on, both of them said unequivocally, if he is under six feet and he is expected to be, that is a major problem they would not draft him. Um, and I will tell you that my understanding is Murray is thought of as a first-round talent in terms of his arm and his athletic gifts. But there's major concerns about the height. And I know there's people who downplay it and say, ah, height, it doesn't matter. Look, if it doesn't matter, then guys would be 5'6 to play in the NFL. There are quarterbacks in college, lots of them. Who- Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. have been well below six feet who have been very good college quarterbacks, and you know what? They don't pan out in the pros. Very few times anyway, so... I think of all the things that's gonna, that are going to happen at the Combine in terms of like measurements, on-field performance, that are going to matter, Kyler Murray's height is probably going to be the thing that matters most, whether you believe it should be or not. Yeah, he needs to get the stilts. Like, let's go bring him out. Because even Drew Brees is six foot. Yeah. And I he's, mean, everybody compares, every time there's a short quarterback that comes, I think more comparably, I think Russell Wilson's like 5'11 or 5'10 well, and a half. Or they're both like listed at six feet. I mean, most people say Brees is really like 5'10, but he's... Yeah. He's the exception. And by the way... He's a Hall of Fame generational talent yeah. exception. And I'm glad you bring it up because I want to touch on this quick. I also did rights in the column. Because people always bring those two exact guys up, right? It's always Breeze and Wilson. Here's the facts on that. Breeze was a second-round pick. Now, he was the first pick in that round, but he was a second-round mm-hmm. pick. Wilson was a third-round pick. Neither general manager who took those guys was staking their careers on either of them. Mm -mm. If Russell Wilson stunk, he's a third-round pick. You're not losing your lunch over that. Now, ironically enough, okay, Seattle, when they took him, they were taking him as a backup to Matt Flynn. Now, if if Matt Flynn ends up being your starting quarterback, you're probably losing your job. So he actually ends up saving some careers. Uh, But nobody nobody was drafting Breeze or Wilson number one overall, top five. I mean, nobody... It, there's a big, big, big difference between taking a guy on the second day and taking him on the first. Your first-round pick, at, especially at that position, it better work. If that doesn't work, you're in a ton of trouble. You're probably out of a job. And so I think some of these GMs are going to look at this and say, look, if I draft Kyler Murray and he's not good, I'm out of a job. Coaching staff's probably out of a job. 
my whole personnel department, all the scouts, they're all out of jobs. So, you know, look, you take the six foot five, 220 pound quarterback with a big arm, he doesn't pan out. You could probably say, hey, look, the guy didn't work hard enough. Maybe it didn't fit our system, whatever. He had injuries. If you draft a guy who's 5'10 and a buck 90, when everybody's telling you you shouldn't and you do it and he stinks, you're fired. What about Dwayne Haskins? Because everybody's caught up in the Kyler Murray stuff. And Haskins seems more comparable to EJ Manuel because he's kind of a stockier guy. Both had mildly successful college careers, but it's like nobody, Dwayne Haskins isn't coming out of college and people are swooning about how great it is. Everybody's talking about Kyler Murray. And he got beat to crap by Alabama, which is a borderline NFL-style defense. So, I mean, he's going to see Quinn and Williams again. He knows he's coming out in this draft. Like, those two are going to meet again. I didn't see a lot of great things out of Kyler Murray in that game against Alabama, but Dwayne Haskins, this is the other guy, the Giants. People saying the Giants are going to go and take Haskins. Maybe the Jaguars take Haskins. Somebody's going to get him. What, there's nothing exciting about him. Like, no. nothing lights me on fire. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are guys that really get you excited. I, like, now, some people say Murray because of his athletic talents. I don't like, – I'm a believer in the fact that if he's really short, that's a problem. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, it doesn't matter if he's 5'9". It, it kind of does matter when your lineman is 6'5". In the NFL, and the splits aren't as wide, and you're not playing Baylor anymore. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, that matters a little bit. So for me, I'd be very concerned about that. As far as Haskins goes, uh, despite Stephen A. Smith believing that he's a running quarterback, he is not a running <laughs> yep. quarterback. He's very much a pocket passer. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be Mr. College Football Guy. Uh, one of these days we'll have to get our, our college football oh, guy, Schmitty. Here, Patrick Schmidt. Schmidt's a great dude, and my God, does he know college football? Um, and he could give you a, a 10-minute breakdown on Haskins. But did watch some of his games last year, have watched a little bit of tape. My thought on Haskins is he's a project. He's interesting. I don't love him as a top-10 pick, and that's probably where he's going to go because teams just push that need so far up the board. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are worthy of being a top-10 pick. I don't. But for two reasons. One, I don't think the quarterbacks are that good. Mm-hmm. Two, there are some really, really good defensive players in this draft. Oh, yeah. Like, phenomenal. Like, this is one of the best defensive drafts I can personally remember. And offensively, there's some good offensive linemen in this draft. Wide receiver and running back, there's no big stud. Um, so, it's a little bit boring in that sense. Tight end, both kids out of Iowa might not be in first-round draft picks. Um, so, that's something to watch. Uh and my God, the names are Noah Fan. One of them, the other one is uh, escaping me at the moment. But you're talking about an offensive draft that's not great, really, at any position, maybe outside of offensive line. But you're going to spend if you're the Giants or you're Jacksonville, you're going to spend a top five, top eight pick on Haskins or Murray when you could get a, a cornerstone player in the trenches. Maybe take Greedy Williams. Yeah. Out of LSU at corner, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's a big risk. And, I, and this is a draft to me. I'd wait till the top of the second round and take like Daniel Jones. Yeah, because at least at that point, look, if it doesn't work out, fine. You're not married to him for the next three, four years. We'll wrap up the quarterback talk with this because we're looking at a mock draft. Walter Football. We like Walter Football. Uh, he's got three quarterbacks going in the top ten. None of them are Kyler Murray. Whoa. Of course, Jones? We're going trades because we get trades up. The first trade, the Giants trade up to number three to take Haskins. Okay. After Bosa and Quinn and Williams go off the board. That's realistic. 
Uh, and Josh Allen goes, and the Redskins trade up to number five. They're not taking Drew Locke. They're not taking Kyler Murray. They're taking Daniel Jones. There'd be a riot. Out of Duke. There would be your a boy, riot. Your boy, first, your first pick in the second round guy goes number five to that, the Redskins. That's a Daniel Snyder pick. I was going to say, though. That's that, Daniel that, Snyder. I, you know, if there's ever a team, <laughs> you know, that would be. Look, they're in a tough spot because they're paying Smith, I believe, like $24 million against the cap. Yeah. And unfortunately for Alex Smith, I don't think he's he ever he's playing, playing again. No. He's certainly not playing next year. They have no money. Mm-mm. So if you're the Redskins, you have to draft a quarterback. You're almost completely compelled to do it. I don't. I, what are you going to do? You start Colt McCoy next year? Start the no. Sanchez? What are you going to do? I mean, I you know some people will say, well, they go get a free agent. Okay, well they're not going to be able to afford falls. Who else are they getting? They bring in Fitzy, your boy. They're going to bring him in. They're going to bring in Josh McCown, Ugh. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, one more, one horrible leg injury to the next. Like what? I just don't. Like what are they doing? They're almost compelled to take one. I will say this from having conversations with people around the league. I will be shocked if Jacksonville takes Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, shocked. Beyond words, shocked. I, Jacksonville, let's put it this way. Keep in mind that Blake Bortles, now he's a bust. Fine, fair enough. He's a big guy. He's a big, strong kid. Haskins much more fits their profile physically mm-hmm. than, than Murray does. And I think that that might be something that they look into. So, I think, look, if Murray's going early, if he does, I look at that and I say, man... The Giants, maybe, but Gettleman's a big measurements guy. I mean, that's, it's not, you know, Elway, I'll tell you right now, is not taking a small quarterback. You no. see John Elway when he was quarterback? John, Elway, Look at all the guys John Elway's taken in his career. Now, you could argue not a great track record, but they're all big guys. Yep. So I don't, like, I've heard some people say Oakland. I, I don't buy that. I don't know. I, I'm not going to pretend to have inside knowledge on that because I don't, but the Raiders, they have a million other needs. Is it Kyler Murray? No. I don't buy it. So I think he's going to fall. Now, if he gets to the Redskins, maybe even the Dolphins, there's a need there. Like yeah. Maybe at that point you'd say, hey, look, middle of the first round's worth the shot. But in the top 10, Jacksonville is not taking him. Denver is not taking him. And I, I don't think the Giants would – I will say, I'd like to see an offense with, with Murray's talents with Beckham and Barkley. Barkley that would be, be intense. fascinating. Yeah, uh, for, for the record, since we're talking about the Jaguars so much, they have him take, or they have them taking Ed Oliver. That'd be a good basically replacing Darius is going to be a cap to add to that defense. Speaking of John Elway, that's the third quarterback in the top ten, Drew Locke, which is for a lack, you know, for no pun intended, it seems to be pretty much a lock at this point to happen. And then wrapping it up, Kyler Murray, thirteenth to the Dolphins. So those are your four okay. quarterbacks in the top Murray's 15. Murray's the favorite in, in Vegas uh, to go to the – or the Dolphins are the favorites in Vegas to get Murray. So, But, like, at what point does this – I don't want to talk too much about these quarterbacks, but, like, at what point does this start to become 2011, 2012, whatever that Christian Ponder draft was where Blaine Gabbert goes, Jake Locker It goes. wasn't a good draft. You've got four – we're talking about maybe one good quarterback, like good, decent starting quarterback over the next five, six, seven years coming out of this class, and you've got four – Four of them going in the top 15, that has disaster written all over it to me. Yeah. By the way, just as a housekeeping note, the guy I was thinking of earlier for Iowa, Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Uh, tight end. Gotcha. Okay. Hawkinson, um, Hawkeye. He might legitimately be a top 10 pick. Yeah. Uh, people love him. But I just, you know what? Every year what happens, and we see it all the time, is these quarterbacks get pushed up the board. And it's because of the yep. position they play. And then everybody says, oh, man, it's great. Yeah, Giants got so and so, and then it's like four games into the year. You're like, oh, yeah, right. He was actually like the 35th best player in the draft, and Oops. some team panicked. <laughs> um, but look, 
Let's let's transition a little bit into with the combine. It's very easy, and of course, if, if you're just a, a fan watching on TV, what you see. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. The combine is position drills. It's somebody eating a hoagie up in the stands. It's, you know, every once in a while, maybe an interview or a presser or whatever. But that's what you get um, fed to you by NFL Network. And, of course, rightfully so. You want to see these kids perform. You want to see what they can do. But really at the Combine, the biggest story is what happens when the cameras are off. And that is free agency starts technically March 11th with tampering period. That's nice. Free agency starts (laughs) on uh, about February 26th in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. These teams meet with agents. It's not very quiet. Uh, I'm pretty sure the NFL is well aware of this trend. Factor in, every agent in football is in Indianapolis. They're all trying to get an idea of what their player's worth. They're all trying to get an idea of what teams are interested. Teams are trying to get an idea of, okay, we got $50 million in cap space. What is this guy asking for? What kind of structure is this guy asking for? Is he interested in us? Would we have to pay more to get him because he doesn't want to go to the West Coast? Does it, you know, does, does it matter to him that we're a good team or a bad team at the moment? Like All these things factor in. And, of course, none of this can be talked about openly because that would be tampering. That would be yeah. wrong. But in reality, <laughs> that's what's happening. I can guarantee you that more is happening at the Combine after midnight than before. So um, keep an eye out for reports. And if you see uh, people in the know tweeting out things like, you know, my understanding is blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not, they're not guessing. They're, they're playing they're, ball. They're trying not to exactly. get anybody in trouble. They are trying to... Tell you something without actually coming all the way out with it. Um, if you see, like, if you see Adam Schefter or Ian Rapport tweeting, like, my thought here is that such and such team makes a lot of sense for so and so. It's not a blind guess. Okay, so I will be at the combine all week. Uh, I am not even in the same uh, county as a Schefter and Rapport, but if, if you see me tweet something like, hey. This team might be a good fit. For, just know, like, I'm... <laughs> it's coded language. I'm, I'm blinking from a dark room. Like oh, just, yeah. You don't need an Enigma machine to figure that know, thing out. Like, Just understand that if you're listening to this podcast, well, now you're in the know. Now you know <laughs> yeah. a little better than everybody else. So, um, but that part's going to... Fa- it just fascinates me. Yeah, well, I'm ready for free agency to start, so... It doesn't have to officially start. I just need to start hearing some rumors. Let's, let's get it going. Well, you know, it's going to be great because you got... Drew Rosenhaus is going to be down there. Man has more clients than anybody. Oh, yeah. Also has a client named Antonio Brown. He does. And I'm very curious. I've heard a few things about him in the past week. He's come up a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I am fascinated to see how this plays out. Mm. This is going to be very interesting. Uh, Teams are going to start really talking about it. And the Steelers are going to be like, hey, Drew, why don't you push our guy out there a little bit? Because only three teams called, apparently, about him. And... If they don't get rid of him by March 17th, they've got to pay an extra $2.5 million to him for a roster bonus. 
and that adds two and a half million on the dead money situation this year. So if you're the Steelers and you want to trade them, next couple weeks is the time. And I'm sure that any interested party, whether very interested or just mildly interested, is going to be, hey, Drew, when are you coming to our hotel suite for 15 minutes? Let's, uh, let's talk. You know, what's going on with Antonio Brown? So it should heat up this week in terms of where he's going. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Le'Veon Bell is another name to pay attention to. Like it's the free agency is starting, and that's really the most exciting part of the offseason you know, for me. It's funny, you always get a lot of people who say, Oh, running backs. Why would you pay him? It's not worth it. Uh, you know, dime a dozen, you can get a guy in the later rounds. Oh, look, there's some merit to all that. Okay, I'm not gonna argue it. My understanding right now is about legitimately about half the league is interested in trying to sign Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Half. That's, that's obscene. You have a half dozen teams interested in you. You're doing pretty good. And from my understanding of it, you have literally almost half of the NFL saying, hey, Le'Veon, what's it going to take? Uh, listen, from what I've ascertained, he would like a deal somewhere that's about $70 million overall, maybe 40 to $45 million guaranteed. If you see the numbers come in at that or higher, he's a very happy man. If the numbers are like 60 and 30, not as happy as you would think. So we'll see. Now, look, half the league's involved, even if just a few of those teams were really seriously interested uh, and are willing to bid, then you're probably going to see that number because at some point some team's going to make the godfather offer. And, you know, look, he's a very talented guy. Free agency this year is not loaded with offensive stars, mm-hmm. but he is the one exception. He is the big name. He and Nick Foles, really, to a degree. I mean, Nick, Nick Foles. Two ends of the spectrum. Too. You don't, we, and you don't think of Nick Foles that way, but he's a free agent quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, he's, he's not taking a one-year $10 million deal. Like, let's put it this way. Think of it in these terms. Case Keenum got two years and $36 million. Okay? Mike Glennon got three years and $48 million. Brock Osweiler got four years and seventy-two million. Like yeah, Nick did. Foles is not taking thirty million <laughs> over two years. Okay, he's going to get a contract. He's going to get a big contract. So that's that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch to see where Foles ends up going. My money is uh, he will have a couple of different suitors. If Jacksonville can free up the space, I think he's, Ooh, I think he's an intriguing fit there. Good. And Jason Collard, our chief, is reported, and I think very uh, well thought out that the Giants are interested. That the Giants it would be very, and then they could cut Manning. Yep. And if you play that game in musical chairs forward, well, who drafted uh, Eli Manning? Uh, well, Tom Coughlin was involved, and where's Tom Coughlin now? So, you know, all these things just keep in the back of your mind. Poor Eli, just ruining himself in Duval. Like listen, that's where that ends. He'll a Manning goes to Duval. Like everybody, you know. Listen, there have been sad endings all <laughs> throughout the league. Johnny Unitas in San Diego. Joe Namath with the Rams. Oh. Okay. I mean, far of it wasn't necessarily the a one set. Year with like the Jets. Jets and the Vikings. Montana finished up with the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, you can go down the list. Like, there's no shortage of great players who ended mm-hmm. up in odd uniforms at the end of their career. I'm waiting for 48 year old Brady to be playing with the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. God. Just, just trying, you know, oh, at that no. point, Belichick's like 80 and then a walker, and he's just trying to, you know, he's just dialing up blitzes and. Looking forward to that. McDaniels at that point would be going bald. Oh, my God. McDaniels not even in the league anymore at that point. Um, 
All right, well, that's, that's East Coast. Let's switch West Coast because we've talked kind of about Brady just now, and we talked about the Combine. West Coast, story that hasn't really been followed as closely as it maybe was at the end of the season was where the Oakland Raiders are going to play. They got this whole thing with the Coliseum. They got this new stadium in Vegas, which isn't done, which I, even if it's half finished in 2020, they should just play games there Thunderdome style and just like, just do it. Um, but after a, a big run around where they're, they're going to play in San Francisco, maybe they're going to be a traveling gypsy circus this year. turns out that they're probably going to stay in Oakland, not only for 2019, but they have an option for 2020. So after all of that, after all of where the Raiders are going to play, they're staying in Oakland. I just like, I don't even know what to make of that. Look, there's such a lame duck franchise right now. I cannot imagine that they're staying there past 2019. No. By the way, how many farewell games are we going to have in Oakland? Had one You're last year. a farewell year. riot in Oakland. That Christmas Eve game was almost a riot. Had, had, Rightfully so. Those fans deserve better than that. Had that game. Had a handful of years ago when Charles Woodson was retiring. They had yeah. that farewell game. You know what? I feel bad for the fans in Oakland. Yeah. I really do. They're really good fans. And they've, you know what? I don't care what anybody says privately or publicly. Like, that team has sucked. Okay? You really just want to get down to brass tacks. Mark Davis, and in, in the latter part of his life, Al Davis, failed to put a competitive football team on the field. Mm-hmm. That team has been god-awful for near 20 years. And yet, they still sell games out. People are still out there when, when they're 3-10 and 10 in December and they're getting their brains beat in by the Chargers or the Chiefs or whoever the you know, case may be. Those fans deserve to be recognized as some of the best fans in sports and in the NFL. They've been going to a stadium that is a dump, mm-hmm. okay? It's literally literally the, sewage it leaks, dump. The place is a godforsaken hole. The team stinks. They change coaches every other year. They've had a revolving door at quarterback. And they have not been a serious threat to win a Super Bowl, really, since since Gruden left. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I understand the one the first year was with Callahan. They went and they that got, was Gruden's they got team, though. But yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, I just... Look, they're going to play in Oakland again. If, if I am a fan in Oakland, I'm like, hey, screw you. I'm not going to these games. Mm-mm. You're doing everything you can to get out of here. You're trashing the city on the way out. I'd be like, you know what? You enjoy going 5-11 and 11 at best in front of an empty stadium. And, and look, there's precedent to seeing that happen before. I remember when the Houston Oilers, I was a kid, but when they moved, I mean, there was nobody in the Astrodome. You go look at pictures of those games, my mm. God, there are just huge areas where there's empty seats. And I think this is it. I do. I think they're going to move to Vegas after this. And you know what I think is going to be the interesting part of it? But they're going to move there. And Davis isn't going to care because he's making money hand over fist, whatever. Yeah. They're going to have no home field advantage. Mm-mm. Everybody who's going to those games are going to be people from outside of Vegas. who are like, hey, cool, great. I'll go out there with my buddies for a bachelor party. And then afterwards, we'll stop over at a football game before we fly home. Nope. It's, it's weird that the Raiders always had such a great home field advantage. And, my God, if you're in that division, Kansas City and Denver, I mean, you're basically playing two neutral site games in yeah. the division every year. So, it's a shame. Uh, I'm not surprised it ended up like this. Once it became obvious they couldn't move to San Francisco, they really had no other options. Um, but this whole thing has just been ugly. 
Yeah. I mean, lost in all of this, too, is the fact you're talking about the fans and having to suffer through all this. And now it's coming back where the Raiders technically have already left and now they've come limping back to Oakland. One playoff berth in the last 16 years. Between the Super Bowl, which they got pummeled, Gruden beat his own team with somebody else's team in the Super Bowl. One playoff berth. And it was the Connor Cook playoff game. <laughs> My God. Like, so that doesn't count. I mean, we say this about Browns fans all the time. And Brown, the Browns finally actually have a little bit of hope now with Baker, and you know, we'll see what Freddie Kitchens ends up being. But there's something there. What is there in Oakland? Like, it is literally a reality television show. John Gruden, a TV personality who was a great head coach back in the day, but has clearly lost his step because that's just what happens when the game evolves and you're not a part of it. TV star is the head coach, and then Mike Mayock, another TV star, is running the show behind the scenes. Like, I don't understand what's going on in Oakland. It's perfect. It's tailor-made for Las Vegas. And everybody is now saying, oh, you're going to be fine in Oakland. Don't worry. Look at what the Knights did. Look what the Vegas Knights did. Hockey is a niche sport, okay? Nobody's going to a bachelor party and saying, hey, let's go to a hockey game tonight. Like, that is a niche. That is completely different than taking a brand like the Raiders and putting that in Oakland. It's like when Elvis went to Vegas. Like, people are going to see Elvis because it's a kitschy thing. You're going to see the Raiders because you're making the Raiders Elvis, okay? This is not like the hockey team. This is completely different, so stop making those comparisons. I strongly dislike that. And this is going to be a disaster. I think the Elvis comparisons happen because they basically both died in the toilet. Both yeah. the, 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 singer and, the singer and the franchise, just n- no dignity by the end. <laughs> Characters of themselves. Just, just found on the can. God. And that's pretty much the Raiders. That might as well be the name of the yearbook going forward. Just dead on the toilet. Because right now, it's pretty much what they've been. Look, I... I just look at Gruden. All I needed to see, I didn't even need to see the season last year. Anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while, both of us for the year were like, this is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's not going to end well. Oh, yeah. And look, sure enough, it became obvious when the Raiders were trading Khalil Mack and rebuilding, and like, all right, that's bad enough to trade him. But if you're going to do that, then you just lean into it. You get really young. You say, fine, we'll go 3-13 and we'll stink. They were busy signing, like, Jordy Nelson. Like, it just made no sense. Like, you're getting young and old at the same time. Nothing they did made any sense. Nothing added up to anything. Now you got Gruden talking about, well, you know, I might trade these picks. I mean, John, what? 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 Like, you need... I understand moving around the draft board. I get that. But you need players, man. Like, you need blue-chip players. Right now, if you're looking at the Raiders roster... Real, like, no BS. Who are the players, if, if you're having your team play against them, who are the players on either side of the ball that you say, we have to make sure that guy doesn't beat us? It's nobody. There's legitimately nobody, right? Like, it's impossible how bad that roster is. So, you're him, you have three first-round picks. You better not be trading for four picks in a second. Like, my God, take the picks. They need, look, if the Raiders walk out of the first round with any less than two studs, it's a disaster. Like, I'm not saying they got to hit all three. Percentages say that, but you've got to get two really good players and like another like contributor. Yeah. You don't do that. It's a train wreck. You have to walk out of this with, okay, look, we got a cornerstone up front. We got a cornerstone in the back end. You know, whatever the case may be, we're, we're improved. If they walk out of this draft with Colton Miller again, mm. Like, what are we talking about? Like, you're not that that thing is not turning around because of picks like that. Like, the Browns are a perfect example. 
Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. The Browns are turning around because they hit on Baker Mayfield, they hit on Denzel Ward, they hit on uh, Miles Garrett. Yep. Now, granted, you could say, well, those picks are no-brainers. They should have hit those. But fine, but they did. Right? Like, they did. That's why they finally got better. They hit on those picks. And yeah. they stopped whiffing over and over and over and over. If you're the Raiders, like, I don't even care what position you take. But they better be good players. They had 13 sacks as a team last year. I mean, there, there were multiple players who had more than that just on their own. So, look, the Raiders have a lot of holes to fill. It'll be very interesting to see, A, how they do it, and B, how many people care when they get into uh, week one. I'm looking into my crystal ball, and I'm also looking at a list of free agents coming up this year. And I am predicting, I'm looking into the future, and I'm seeing Devin Funchess as the number one receiver for the Oakland Raiders. Oh, that comes that's going to happen. Hilarious. Amir Abdullah is going to have a home. He's going to have a home in the Bay Area. He's, he's going to be back there with Marshawn Lynch. I mean, this, these, those are the kind of moves I think that Gruden's going to go out and make. Like, I have no faith that he is able to scout young talent. And that was seen in him coming over and immediately gutting the team of young talent. Like, say what you will about Amari Cooper. But Dak Prescott is not the best quarterback in football. And he was able to do something with Amari Cooper in Dallas. Maybe that was the offensive scheme. Maybe that was Jason Garrett. Probably wasn't. But, like, there's something going on there. There was some combination of things that took Amari Cooper, who was a good wide receiver under Jack Del Rio, a different head coach, all of a sudden isn't good. Well, he took a downturn under the last year of Del Rio. But Gruden wasn't able to see that young talent and fix it. So this idea that he's going to have all of these draft picks and he's going to hit it on, like you said it, you know, everybody says that these, these Browns picks are no-brainers. Every single draft pick is a no-brainer when it happens. It's only three, four years afterwards that we're like, oh, you really whiffed on that one. The no-brainers are no-brainers because they ended up working out. Right. Every right. single freaking pick yeah. is a no-brainer. And look, I'll, just, I'll leave it with, this, with just this, this topic, really, kind of switching from the Raiders just in general. But you know, every year when the draft comes around, I enjoy the draft as much as anybody, but you get this, this thought process of, well, you know, so-and-so got taken at number 16. He's going to fix that spot on that team for the next decade. Look, history says that 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 is about a 50-50 that that player turns out to be a good, solid, second and third contract kind of guy. More often than not, or in in the first round anyway, about 50-50, it's a bust. And then beyond that, more often than not, it's a bust. It just is. I mean, think about how many players get drafted, somewhere around 250, right? Yeah. Like, you don't have room for all those guys in the league. It's just not the way it is. Uh, you know, obviously, you're replacing the bottom feeders in the league, and, and all due respect, but, you know, the guys at the bottom of the rosters, and you're replacing guys who are retiring. Yeah. But you're not, they have 250 of those guys. Not, not over the long haul, you're not. So, look, I think teams that are good every year, they find value in the draft. They typically hit on their early picks, and then they find a couple guys throughout the you know, third to seventh rounds who, hey, this guy can be our third down receiver. This guy can be our nickel corner. This guy can be a core special teams player. And then every once in a while, you find a guy who's an all-pro. You know, th- th- that's rare. Um, what happens is the, with the bad franchises, 
they whiff on their first-round picks. And then throughout the rest of the draft, they have guys who are getting cut within a year, two years. You don't have to hit home runs in the draft to be good. Yeah, sure, you want to hit a couple of them here and there. But you've just got to consistently bring guys in that are plus players, that can, that can produce, that can get a second contract. And if you do that, you're going to be fine. The problem is you look at some of these teams that are real bad right now, the drafts stink. Do you want to know why the Broncos are having all kinds of problems? Look at their drafts. And they're yep. all, now, finally, last year, they finally did have a good draft. But prior to that, their drafts are abysmal. They never land anybody. Well, guess what? When you're not landing anybody, you're going to have to spend money in free agency. Well, now your cap's going up. Now you don't have guys on cheap four-year deals. So it's, it's, a, it's a cumulative effect, and it ends up the, – the bill always ends up due at some point. And so that's really the way I always look at the draft, and I think it's, a, I think it's probably the more practical way of looking at it. It is. Like, go back to the 2014 draft, okay? So that's five years ago. Fourth pick – the Raiders have right now Sammy Watkins okay good start, player coming out of college but didn't end up panning out didn't fix the bills it's no. not that guy you can't say that they did a home run on that 24th that year Darquez Denard he's all right he's I mean guy, but he's not a franchise okay. changing player and then 27th you got Dion Buchanan so that's like look I'm with you. You can't fix your team just because you have three first-round draft picks. Okay, You're, They're not three number one overall picks, and even those don't pan out. The Raiders would know all about that, and Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus like, says hello. Yeah, Jamarcus says hello. So I'm, I'm with you. The Raiders are the new Browns to me. That's the team that we're going to freak out about because those fans deserve better, except the Browns actually stuck around, and they weren't hightailing it anywhere else. Well, I mean, they, did they did once. once but they did back. once, but they're not back. recently. No, but I mean, like, it's, it's the truth. And again, with the Raiders here, not all three of those picks have to be home runs, but two of those guys have got to be really good players. Mm-hmm. You know, look, if you're a team that's really good, you might say, look, as long as these guys aren't bust, like, it's fine. The problem is when you get into – you go back and look at Jacksonville, okay, up until very recently. Their first-round picks, all top ten picks, mind you, are just total bust every single year. I mean, we're talking like Tyson Alu-Alu, okay? And I was, like, it's a train wreck. And that, that's how you end up where some of these teams end up. So um, it's something to keep in mind. And look, we're not to the draft yet, but obviously at the combine, now we're really revving up. Okay, you're going to see mock drafts noticeably change. You're going to see guys who are projected to be third-round picks all of a sudden the first round and vice versa. And you know why that is? Because people who do this stuff for a living, they talk. And they're going to talk to draft analysts. And they're going to talk to dopes like me. And, and certainly – people who are much higher up on, on the reporter food chain, guys like a McShay and a Kuiper, and, a, and they're going to talk to these people who have you know, unfettered access, and they're going to say, look, this guy is probably top 20 pick. This guy, eh, he might be like in the 50s. And so when you see the mock drafts come out like a week after the combine, that's when you get an idea of where these guys are going to go. And, of course, there's always one or two outliers, but by and large – they're, they're fairly accurate in terms of the range. I was about to go down this very dark black hole of trying to determine which team has had the worst first-round draft picks. Oh my Thank God. God it's a long offseason. We'll put a pin in that for another week. Because I just yeah. pulled up the Jaguars because we we're talking about it. Oh, it's incredible. I did, this, I did a column on this once. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Give, give the people what they want. Give, just How far few. back should we go? Uh, go back to, like, what is it, 2019? Go back to, like, I don't know. I'm going back to 2008 because Derek Harvey... Yeah, there you go. Being Fine. taken start, eighth yeah, overall. Ago. There, there we go. go. Derek Harvey, Eugene Monroe, Tyson Alolalu. You got Blaine Gabbert, Justin Blackman. Remember him? 
Thoughts wow, now. nobody remembers him. Luke Jokel, Blake Bortles, Dante Fowler, who played in the Super Bowl this year for a different he's team. He's now about to be on his third team. Yeah. And then we get to Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette. Two guys that... Fournette, who's on his way to bust town. Yeah, and here's, right the, here's the thing, too. So, like, the, the Jaguars missed on all of these picks, unequivocally. Save, like, the last good Rams. pick that they had was Reggie Nelson. Reggie Nelson, Mercedes Lewis, they were back-to-back. Yeah, They've only had a handful of decent draft picks, okay? The last two that they've so-called hit on, these no-brainers that we've just been talking about, Fowler, uh, Ramsey and Fournette, both of those guys, Fournette's going to be gone. Like if they, if they can cut Fournette him, can't stay on the field. Yeah, and they, they get rid of him in a heartbeat. They and there's him. been endless rumors about them trading Jalen Ramsey because he's too much of a problem. So like the two the two draft picks they finally hit on after all these years, they want to get rid of him, or at least the rumors are that they want to get rid of him. The sentiment is that they want to get rid of him. So that's long story short, Duval can't have nice things. Yeah, well, and, and that's fair enough. But I, oh, but that's perfect. That's just, that's the illustration of what we've been talking about. Yeah. Like, people always think like, oh, it's just guarantee. Well, it's not a guarantee. It's not. And you better have a good personnel group running the team. And I think, look, Jacksonville's been better recently. They they, they did draft, you know, Ngakwe and, and Miles Jack. And good. But, like, those previous 10 years before you hit Ramsey, Oof. that's why they sucked for 10 years, folks. Like, that's why. That's why. Like, that, that, you can't overcome that. It's impossible to overcome that. They, they could have traded away those picks for footballs and done better. Like, it's just crazy how bad those picks were. Blackman was the only guy who was even talented, but he had just had so many off-field problems oh, yeah. you couldn't overcome. But anyway, um, final thought as you enter into the Combine week? Uh, no. I just have to wrap up the Jaguars talk and the Combine talk. Of sure. Them. Find yourself an, an, an R.J. Soward. That's right. Oh. Jaguars first-round pick in 2000. Oh, my God. God. Buckle up, that, folks, because we're going to be doing this all offseason. we got a lot of time to kill. We but, should try to find some of these people and have them on the podcast. Just talk about it. Just Fernando Bryant went in, uh, 26 overall in 1999. And there, there you go. For three straight years, 98 to 2000, the Jaguars picked 25th, 26th, and 29th. It's right about where the Raiders are, right? So there you go, Raiders fans. Buckle up for that. But no, Combine, like I said at the top of the show, is all about the quarterbacks for me because they're either going to show their true face or these GMs are already so enamored with them that whatever we see, the spin jobs are going to start where it's going to be, oh, it's not this. Don't worry about that. Dwayne Haskins doesn't have this problem. Kyler Murray's height doesn't matter. Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in the draft. This is going to be some kid that we've never heard of. He's going to have one good day, and all of a sudden he's going to be a second-round pick. It happens all the time. Uh, so the quarterbacks, is that's where I'm going to be at for the combine. Yeah, um, like I said, I'll be there Tuesday through Sunday. Looking forward to it. Um, I- I'm just I'm fascinated by the Kyler Murray thing, and a lot of times oh, yeah. I always take a different headline than kind of the national. But that is for me, I'm just absolutely fascinated by it. Um, and also, I- I'm curious to see how these wide receivers test because there's only a few guys who people are thinking about as first round picks. Um, but I think there might be some kids in this group that surprise some people. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Um, and I'll I'll leave it right there. Uh, listen, thank you so much for listening to Stack in the Box. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll be back uh, next Monday to go over what happened at the Combine. Um, I'll be back uh, from Indy, and I'm sure have plenty of uh, tales to tell. Um, and we can give our analysis of, of the week that was. Of course, thank you to our partners over at Fanatics. Please go to fansided.fanatics.com. Check it out. Uh, use the f- code FANSIDED to save 20% on shipping. Uh, they're, they're a great partner. And as I always say, they have all the stuff that a fan can ever want. So please go over and check out Fanatics. You will not be disappointed. 
Um, and of course, thank you again for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, and, and give Hill and I a, a follow on Twitter. You can always reach out to us either on Twitter or via email. Um, and uh, please follow Stacking the Box, uh, at Stacking the Box on Twitter. Um, always tweeting out the, the episodes from there as well. So with that, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the Combine, and we will talk to you again next week. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Eh, don't worry, I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.